You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. I'll be sitting down with people and business owners that have a deep love for the outdoors and who help to fuel the spirit of adventure in these mountains. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. I am thoroughly excited to have uh, a friend, a longtime friend with me here today on the mic. His name is Yashdeep Kumar. We met at the University of Tennessee, Memphis. Uh, he was a biomedical engineer student, and our story sort of picked up him coming into the United States as a, uh, as a new student and also as an immigrant student to the United States. And so, Yashdeep, man, it is so good. Thank you for reaching out to me. It is awesome to have you here with me today. Mike, thank you for having me. And what lovely to connect. I mean, it's been almost, uh, I would say, 25 years since we spoke. I know. <laughs> Time flies. And so much has gone by in our lives. But that one common bond of doing things fun and outdoors remains. So, so, so glad to talk to you. Uh, me too, man. And that is the thing, you know, when we were there at the University of Tennessee, Memphis, one of the things that was always that made an impact to me, and one of the reasons we wanted to start that outdoor program was for people just like yourself. We wanted you who were coming uh, to the United States that didn't have maybe a vehicle, you didn't know the area. Uh, we wanted opportunities for not only just you, I mean, all the students, but we knew that it was such a great outlet and release um, because you all at the professional school, that level, there's so much stress and tension and everything else. And so you were the reason, one of the reasons, the primary focus of why we even started that outdoor program to begin with. Well, you definitely made a huge impact. Uh, you may not have realized that. Uh, and you know, when I reflect back at my time in Memphis and the two years in grad school, probably the not probably definitely the most vivid fun activity of you know why i was there what i did other weekends i spent outdoors and mm -hmm. uh, i made so many friends you know otherwise you were limited to the people you meet in classroom and you know your roommates uh, but this program allowed me to connect across campus uh, it was just a lot of fun i mean you just made it happen mike Oh, well, we all made it happen. In fact, when we got it started, we did a couple of trips and did some scouting trips, but um, we tried to make a little bit more of a student leadership opportunity for the students to get involved. And you were our first outdoor, I don't even know what we call it, outdoor club president, but you were, you were a part of that. So you were a part of the leadership of this thing from the absolute very beginning, man. It was so awesome. Yeah, the, the way you made it, uh, put it together, it was almost, I, I didn't even realize it, that that was year one. And, you know, we, we started doing it. It felt like it was running forever and we were just part of it and we volunteered and, you know, took responsibilities. Uh, the reason I, you know, took a role at that was, uh, I believe, uh, if you actually volunteered and did something and, and took a position, we got uh, a discount uh, to get the equipment. And that was a lot of money at the time. So uh, the effort that you put in to get people outside, I remember once we created the first, uh, out, it, you know, used to put 
the eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and we were going out for a, a trip to uh, spelunking or caving and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that never been in a cave before and we put right. all this stuff outside and one of the professors joined us and we had no idea that he would visit or was a really professional at spelunking uh when we watched when we reached arkansas this guy from uh, arkansas forest department came out greeted us and we got a royal tour of a cave i mean that's after that i don't think i've had any experience like that mm. yeah well that was uh those were definitely good times and we did it all man i mean we we kind of um i felt like in that season of life that's all we were doing if my wife were on here she would say yeah that was definitely all you were doing because if we weren't doing the trips we were scouting out new trips so we were constantly trying to find new and fun activities and you know things that that people would be would be interested in and um and remember at the time that's when we also we started to add the more that you all you know the students were the best piece of advertisement for that program i mean you're right we did if you remember all the big displays we would put out on campus and right. you know we'd put some gear and and all those sorts of things which was fun and y'all would help man right. those stations and and that sort of thing but um as we started to get more and more students involved in it we knew that there was a um a real interest and that's when the university and the student government started to really fund us more and that's when we got to add you know, kayaks and canoes and backpacks and stoves and, you know, you name it. I felt like we kind of had an open account at the outdoor store, Memphis Outdoors, just down the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just kind of kept, you know, building the equipment and, and, uh, man, we had some great meetings sitting outside. Remember sitting outside the sack there? Yep. Just kind of talking about, uh, you know, new trips and activities. And it was funny, Mike. I mean, you had, you know, I was a, Grad student, uh, you know, you arrive in August, first time to the United States, no idea, right? And it's not the time of the internet or where you could be aware. You know, all uh, before I left India, all I had a picture of was a, of Memphis was a National Geographic. Mm -hmm. That's all I would go read it, you know, 10 times a day. <laughs> uh, and then you come here, you have no clue on how the world works. But what this did uh, was immediately make connections and then, then i realized the power of being in you know in an activity in an outdoors activity where it's it's neutral you know yes and uh, you, it's neutral the the skills are just your confidence and the ability to have fun uh unlike any other sport where you know you may have done a lot of lifetime building skills here uh, all you were asking was for an attitude and if people showed up with the right attitude to have fun, you you ensured that they, everybody came back happy and probably friends for life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, look at yeah, us. The, 25 years later, right? Yashdeep, we're still friends. 25 years later. Yep. Man. And and we're looking to reconnect again. You can try, probably, I, I'm scratching my head. Okay, how do I come down to North Carolina and do a trip with you? That's right. So. You need to come down where I live now, man. We can do all kinds of stuff right outside my front door. So. Definitely need to bring the whole family down. Yep, absolutely. Um, there was a time, which I don't know if you remember, there was a, did you have like one of those vans, which was like a Beatles looking van uh, or somebody? Well, so, <laughs> so I, I <laughs> no, I didn't. I had, we, I had a truck at the time. Now, um, I, maybe there was somebody in our group that, that had one. Now I had, a, we had a Volkswagen van 
years ago and I toured Europe in that Volkswagen van, but, but not at the time that you were in Memphis. Why do you remember a, a trip or an activity then? Yeah, there were, there were two, there were two cars and, um, there was a van and we were pulled over in Arkansas and definitely the cop thought that, you know, there was something going on with this group of people, uh, with all kinds of outdoor equipment. Oh my gosh. I remember this. You remember the that? axle busted. And the axle on our canoe trailer busted. Yes. That's where <laughs> something happened. Yes, yes. I remember you somebody was in the van behind us and they kept we kept seeing smoke. Like, what the heck is that? And all of a sudden we realized it was a tire that had been cut in half and it was riding on the uh riding yeah. on the asphalt. But I do remember that, man. What, what do you remember of that trip? I mean of that incident. Well, I remember yeah, I remember that is the cop was trying to figure out what we all did and who we were. And, you know, of course, there were a bunch of IDs here and there. Uh, and finally, I think he got to you. And uh, that's when uh, you, I, I think you had your visiting card uh, at the time. And you showed it to him and he, then he understood and he was absolutely taken aback. He was stunned. He, uh, I remember him saying, well, I have never seen you know, a university take out kids like this or something like that. He said he was he could not believe it that uh, a campus, um, somebody from the university would be going out on a trip like this, like an official of the university. You know, people would go out as friends and hang out. And that stuck with me. That stuck with mm. me. I was like, really? So this is different. This that, that, that was the first time. This is not different. This is not normal. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh man, we had some good times. <laughs> There's not a mic everywhere. Oh geez, yeah. geez. So what are some what are some of the best memories besides that being broken down on the side of the road, which we ended up having to get that thing? Uh, I think we might have had it's to a... leave. We might have we might have to have left that, got it welded or something. But man, tell me some of your other. Uh, these, these are great. You're oh taking me back down a a a very long memory, a memorable road. I love this. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I had fallen in love with the water. Canoeing and kayaking was it. It's definitely canoeing. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I have my mom in India still has a picture right, you know, by a closet or in her uh, in her room that I sent to her of there was a rapid called the mother on the big piney. Uh, I don't know if you remember it. It was a big, big rapid. And I wrote a paragraph, you know, at that time, you didn't have WhatsApp or text or, you know, email. So you had to actually physically write a letter and send it home. So on the back of that photograph, which Tom took of me championing that <laughs> rapid like a pro. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I wrote about that moment. And what I wrote was that even though this moment looks so much fun and exhilarating, it's exhilarating and fun because of all the preparation and all the work that goes to get to that thrill, right? It's that high because that rapid lasts only maybe five seconds, right. if that much, right? But to get to that rapid was a lot of preparation, right? Right from starting where you're talking about sitting at the sack, putting together a trip and then getting there, putting all the cars, you know, organizing campsites and, and doing that. But that fun of the, the exhilaration, the adrenaline rush gets you there back. And you know what? Till this date, I yearn for that mm -hmm. moment. I am always still looking back as how can I get back and ride a rapid? So oh, I love it. I love it, man. 
All right. Well, what else? What, what are some of the other trips that you went on with us? I mean, you were really instrumental in gear checkout and equipment rentals, and we'll talk about that because that was a huge part of what held our whole program together. But remind me some of the trips that you went on with us. My memory's getting I'm getting on an age a little bit, so my, my memory gets a little <laughs> the best of me. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I feel I was on the – so there's the big uh, – the Buffalo uh, the Buffalo River um, yeah. 11 point – Oh, the 11th uh, Yeah. And then there was one we went to. Do you remember Barbara? I do. Um, yeah. There was Barbara was there. Tom was there. Todd. Uh, we went on one where it was the Mulberry River or Missouri River in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yep. That yep. got flooded. You know, we reached there and overnight it got flooded. Um, then we did... Um, and they basically said, uh, you know, no boats are going to go down. And then kind of the water level went down a bit. And they said, okay, a few of you can go. <laughs> and we went. <laughs> That's right. And it That's... was crazy. I remember going under. So there was a canoe that was stuck on a rock. And people were just, you know, there you were. This canoe was stuck on a rock. And I think Tom was with me and he says, you have to go under. So I actually went underneath a canoe that was stuck. <laughs> that was some crazy stuff um other stuff we did we went on a hiking trip several hiking yeah i used to i i landed up yeah i ended up cooking i don't know if you remember i used to oh yeah um, i used to make chicken yes (laughs) it's funny you guys made me think i was a pro but none of you knew that i was doing it for the first time in my life (laughs) it was crazy wasn't it yeah it was i had never ever done it before (laughs) oh that's awesome I started doing that right at that time um, and then picked it up. So I learned how to cook and grill outside in that trip. Uh, these are things we never did. Um, we did not do that much biking at that time, again, because no, we did quite equipment. Yeah. And, and again, that was your wisdom of, uh, you know, putting trips together that anyone with, you know, minimal equipment, basically, as you said, the attitude and a bunch of shoes, shoes and swimming shorts could come and join. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, hiking trips, a lot of canoeing, cave. It's you know the spelunking trip. Just I just remembered that when we were talking earlier on. I had forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, made some new. There were like four people on that trip. So. Yeah, yeah. Our our trips were anywhere. I mean, leave no trace and kind of small groups. That was huge. I think our biggest trip right. was maybe twelve people, and that was just. You know, that was because That's we had it. six canoes and, and, you know, we had two people per canoe. But those were some of my fondest memories of that, that 11-point river in Missouri. I think yep. still, you know, I haven't looked it up recently, but at the time it was one of the top 10 most scenic rivers in the United States. And it was, I mean, it was, uh, that was, you know, we put everything in the canoe. It was, a, I think it was a 15-mile trip that we did. So it was an overnight trip. That was always one right. of the biggest right. memories right. for me, you know. And some of the natural springs that would come up. And we, I mean, just, you know, the beautiful turquoise blue color. Um, right. Yeah, those were. Blue hole. Blue hole. Blue that's hole. it. That's right. Yeah, you got it. Blue hole. Yeah, we went, we jumped on trees to <laughs> to, to <laughs> jump into that hole. I remember that. That blue hole was amazing. And when we did that overnight trip. Now that I remember that, um, in fact, that was the only overnight trip I've uh, done on a canoe since then. Um, 
was when things would um, flip over. We had plenty of flip overs, <laughs> and still the stuff came. Still, the stuff got together. I mean, I didn't. You know what's funny though, Mike? Now that I think about it, because at that time we were kids, you know, we were students. We were carefree. You, we. I mean, I never worried about anything. Today, when I have to do a or even want to do a trip, you know, there's so much logistics involved, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, you got to think about stuff. But and that's why I was re- wanting to reach out to you a year, year ago when I saw you on LinkedIn. I was like, man, this one man and his team just made it fun in grad school. Now, see, this stuff, as we talked about, is things that happen in high school, sure, in camps and by, by you know, boys scouts and other things. It's it's normal and routine. But what was unique was this was grad school, a professional school where people were, you know, just had already kind of moved on from their lives and had their, you know, groups and things made. But for grad school, this is unique. I was speaking to my uh, friends who came from India at the time and uh, a large number uh, were coming at the time to go to different grad schools around the country. There was not one not one who had an experience like that. Top oh, top wow. grad school programs in the country, not one who had that. And uh, it, it set us up. It set me up. In fact, tomorrow I'm planning another canoe canoe trip. So I love it. Small now, one, small is, is, it, is, is it tomorrow your birthday? It is. Happy and, birthday. Uh, thank you. And over the years, my family has learned, uh, they enjoy the outdoors. But I also realized that I really enjoyed the outdoors and, you know, that love uh, was nurtured. I mean, of course, I had a liking for it growing up, but it was really nurtured in terms of what you can do here mm. at that program. So it completely expecting that we will do something, some canoeing, kayaking, hiking um, tomorrow. I That's love kind it. of the norm. That's good. That's good. So so obviously this experience if if I remember you correctly, you really didn't have many of these types of experiences prior to coming to the United States. Is that right? Yeah, that would be correct. I mean, we camped a lot. Uh, we hiked, uh, we biked, and, you know, I did all kinds of stuff. But when it comes to uh, essentially equipment, you know, higher-end equipment, uh, canoeing, kayaking, advanced tents, and that was that was not normal then. You know, we didn't have those. Uh, growing up. So these were new experiences. Mm. Um, you know, the ability to put on uh, a canoe or a kayak on your car and drive three hours uh, on a weekend and do something and come back Monday morning all refreshed and recharged. I used to call that, I started realizing that that, ex- that activity over the weekend would bring me down to level zero. It's, mm. you know, it was just Calming. It would refresh and recharge, no matter what you were doing till Friday afternoon. The fact that you could just get out of Memphis and uh, go do something fun, come back Monday, it was just like a new day. Mm, man, that's so good. That's so rich. And you're right. And that's, I mean, you know, for me, I was always tired on a Monday morning. I mean, I like, I want to sleep <laughs> in, but, um, but, but mentally, I mean, you know, mentally I was refreshed physically I was still drained but mentally yes I'm I'm always you know kind of refreshed and and um you know what I used to love is you know you all would come in on Mondays or you know because you would always help us get our equipment sometimes we would get in late and sometimes we would just it would be all we could do just to get the equipment inside the you know the building and lock it down and then you all were so instrumental as students to come in and get all of our equipment cleaned prepped yep 
sanitized, you know, ready for, you know, uh, inventoried and, and put up and ready for the, uh, for the next trip. But what was so fun is that we almost got to kind of relive those trips, you know, even in the moment. So it's like one of these, you have an experience and you think back on it and you love it even more. And so that's one of the things I appreciated about you all as students coming in, because we sort of, we sort of got to revisit that whole weekend. And, and, you know, again, it was back in the days where we didn't have all these digital cameras. And so when people had photos, having the photo swaps right. and everything else was, was so rich too. Um, yeah. I, I remember that distinctly. It was funny because we never felt now that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about, okay, did I feel like, okay, I was doing a job to go put that equipment away and prepare it and go promote the club. And I just don't remember that way. It, it felt like it was your own, mm. right? It was like you were just doing it. Uh, it didn't feel like, okay, this was my trip activity and this is my, you know, volunteer and work activity. It just kind of flowed as you're, you're saying that it was part of the trip and it just felt like no different than when you come to your garage, empty your car out, clean it up and, uh, you know, get it ready for stuff. It just, just felt that way. Yeah. Uh, there was no, there was no demarcation there. And I think a lot of it was how you set it up and, some of us really became close friends and, you know, we stayed friends for life. And so. We did. And, you know, it's something you said earlier was, and, and something that I absolutely love about the outdoors is, and it could probably be said, you know, many different ways, but it, it's the, it's a great neutralizer. So I remember, mm-hmm. you know, being on those trips with, you know, professionals and professors and first year students and, you know, fourth year medical students that were taking a break from the rotation or ER nurses mm-hmm. or doctors or, or whatever, you know, it, once we got out there, it didn't matter. It didn't matter your title. It didn't matter your status. It didn't matter your socioeconomic status. It didn't matter whether right. you were, you know, it didn't matter your racial, your, your gender, yep. none of that stuff matters, man. We were just kind of out there just enjoying creation in nature with with the with, you know with great company it was, it, that's it you, you you pretty much summarized it um, which, which was which was so unique about it there were many people who came you know for one trip and you know they were like well there's that i have not done it before but once they were in they were in for the next one and you know what actually happened started happening also this activity spawned many other small trips that were not necessarily by uh, you know, the university. So, you know, two or three people would start getting together and, and going out and doing things. And that was the magic of what we were doing there. Yeah. Is people started making friends and started doing who's got what, what, you know, schedules. Uh, and it was just like natural, like, okay, we've got to go do this. Um, there was um, a time, um, if you remember, I, I used to start playing the harmonica. I remember. You know what's so funny? It's like maybe the world uh, is moving around. Just a couple of weeks ago, I, st- I picked it up again. <laughs> I found it. I was like, what? Yeah, and there awesome. was a complete period in time of my life that I had just forgotten about it. Yeah. And uh, the yearbook actually ha- had it also. Uh, the yearbook was a good, good, good. Were you involved in the yearbook? There was a part of the stuff that you guys did, which was very nice. Yeah. At one point we were, we were responsible for some of those pages. And then um, my time there at the very end, I was the director of student life and still okay. oversaw the rec center. So, so yeah, but they did, they, I've, I've always felt like they did a good job promoting all the student activities and, um, and certainly, 
the recreation program started to really kind of make some noise. And when the student government, you know, stepped in to ask us, you know, Hey, what do you need? Um, because of all the testimonials from you all, from the outdoor program to the fitness and wellness to swimming, you know, to whatever. Um, but so yeah, it all was synergistic. It all worked together, the student life and the yearbook and the student activities and, you know, student government. It was, um, it was really a special time. When I think back at my, I'm jumping around a bit, but when I jump, when I think back to my, my professional career, if you will, um, the university of Tennessee, Memphis are some of my absolute most profound and, and deepest memories. And it was because of people like you and it was because of what we did. And, and I, you know, I was fresh out of graduate school, so I know that that, you know, had a lot to do with it and you're idealistic and have a lot of energy, but, right. but the students just made it what it was. And now, it was funny when you said that, um, as you being fresh out of graduate school, taking that as your role, about two, three years ago, my uh, guide or professor who was my master's thesis guide uh, and ran the rehab center there, Dr. Mike Rosen came and visited me. Mm. He stayed with us over the weekend and, you know, we reminiscent and, and remember that. And he remembered, he remembered that I was doing a lot of outdoors activities there. So I would work in his lab and, uh, you know, Monday we would meet and I would talk about what I was doing. And if I look at and reflect back, I said, okay, he definitely made an impact on, uh, you know, my life um, as professionally, but personally, in terms of leadership skills and really, I would say cultural acclimatization and being, getting the confidence to do activities. It was you, it was the, it was right there. It was in the University of Tennessee Outdoor Club that, that defined my life there. <laughs> I <laughs> We were just, that's we, were, it. we were a bunch of tree hugging, you know, granola eating. Yeah. Just going out and doing stuff um, and enjoying nature. And one would have not imagined that Memphis, Tennessee, uh, there's stuff to do. But, uh, you know, I think we drew a circle around it and said, look, there is, of course, locally things to do. We would actually, at one point, we'd, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Tom, uh, I remember him dearly, and uh, I think this uh, conversation wouldn't be complete if we didn't, you know, remember him fondly uh, of uh, what he did, how he contributed. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, he's no longer in this world, but mm. he was a, a very passionate individual about the outdoors. Yes. Uh, he lived the outdoors. Yes, he did. And he had all the equipment. He just loved the water, and he loved hiking. He and I connected for many years after that. He came and visited me in Michigan. Um, you know, he would go and travel around the world. And the the interesting part of uh, all of that is that the impact he made on so many uh, friends and, you know, the people that we connected with uh, is just, uh, you know, those are the things life is made of. And mm. that's really what they were. Did you live your life? And it's experiences like these that say, yes, I lived it. You know, I lived it to the fullest possible. Yeah, you so. did. If there was anybody that really sort of took, besides Tom, obviously, who really sort of took it and ran with it and, and drank it in for all it was worth, it was it was definitely you. And it definitely warms my heart to know that this many years later that it, it made the impact on your life. And not only that, you... It, you you enjoy and you share those things with with your family 
now as well. And your kids, you know, the outdoors and the, mm-hmm. the, the enjoyment of it will be something that, you know, um, I think that they'll take with them, you know, when they leave the home too. So those are, uh, yeah. Which kind of leads yeah. us into, um, just so the listeners kind of understand, I mean, it's not like, and I'm, it's not like a traditional four year school that you went to where you're focusing on your, you know, your, your, your general activities classes and, and then you get into your major classes and there's a little bit of time where it's easy and maybe difficult, but what you all did was really difficult educationally from, from the get go, from day one of classes, a professional school like you all are in is, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just remember seeing you all. It was a very stressful, very stressful uh, and a lot of hours in the lab classroom, especially the lab I mean, there were a lot of things yeah. that you all had to do and still to try to fit time in and use the outdoors as a release is, was so special. Yeah, this, I mean, the, you're, you're spot on and bringing the context alive here. Uh, this school was housed in a hospital, right? So there's no real campus. There's a campus, a small campus, but essentially it's in the health science center. And for me, what was unique uh, was that the elevator I was taking to go attend a classroom was the same elevator there were patients in. Mm. And the stress and the importance of what you were doing was drilled into you every morning, every day, right? Because you're in the hospital, you're doing some classes here, and then you're going down and you're surrounded by healthcare. And uh, the, the stress and the pressure is definitely there. But then also the importance of, you know, staying healthy and uh, important, you know, you have all, all the stress around you, you see, and then you see that there are uh, many challenges that people have and the patients who would show up. I was working in a lab in the rehabilitation center every day where, uh, you know, people with different abilities would show up to get their chair fitted or their ability device done. And that, you know, made you humble and also made you grateful that what you have is is great and, you know, be happy with what you have and enjoy what's around you uh, because there are so many other problems out there. Mm. And uh, this this is a great uh, escape. So, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So when you've uh, when you left UT and you went on to your your first position, first professional position, did you continue to do some outdoor activities or were you really just kind of focused in on oh, the job yeah. <laughs> or, or, or was that still an integral part of your life even early on in your career? It was very much so. It was very much so. So I landed up in a place called Kalamazoo, Michigan. I remember I visited uh, you there. Yes. Yeah, Teresa and I. <laughs> yes, I remember that now. Wow. And uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan was, you know, it's, Halfway between Chicago and Detroit, for those of you who don't know, there's a highway called I-94. Um, and uh, so I'm very proud to have been working for a company called Stryker that makes uh, medical devices and healthcare products and for surgery and uh, uh, patient care, patient handling. So a large company. At the time, it was very small. But... From the day I landed, took my first uh, job, found a little house. And again, I was looking for a house. Even as a fresh one, I didn't want to look in a, live in an apartment. I was looking for where I could do stuff. Uh, but day zero, first week, I was saying, okay, what can I do here? There are lakes here. There's uh, Lake Michigan. 
I was able to go look up and, you know, there was nothing like that. I was, Western Michigan University was there. I would say, well, maybe that was there, but then you graduated and you, I did not see anything there. And I found the local uh, kayaking and canoe club or river club nice. in, Can in West Michigan. And I just went for a meeting. And there were all these people there who, of course, knew what they were doing and talking about. But it was the confidence that I'd already had. I'd already gone through an experience where you don't know anything and right. you can find your way in. And it was that confidence from the school that, look, there are strangers here and yet you'll get a chance. You know that once you're outdoor, everybody will become friends. Mm. And so I joined that club and I found a few people who actually lived on a lake and they had uh, canoes or kayaks just tied on their dock. And believe it or not, I would finish my work at 5 p.m. in my work clothes. At that time, suit and ties and ties and things were really in. You know, if you worked as a professional, you were supposed to wear all that stuff. Not anymore. <laughs> so I would, I would go with that, drive 20 minutes. I had my kind of canoe clothes uh, in my, you know, in my car uh, and change uh, and then get on a boat as my evening workout. Nice. Uh, I did that for a long time. We took trips to Pittsburgh, uh, not Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, east of Pittsburgh. There are those rivers, the Yak. Yeah, Yakagini. Yes. Beautiful so we river. Did a few trips to um, And um, around. What's happened over time, though, is my friends um, actually now count on me to put together trips. Really? Uh, yeah. So. I, there's a group of friends we made in Michigan, um, Kalamazoo, when I was there. And for the last 20 years, um, you know, we've stayed in touch. For the last 15 years, we spread out and, you know, people live. I went overseas for eight years. I lived in Asia, came back. Uh, people now live all over the country. We meet every July 4th week, weekend for the last 15 years. Oh, wow. Every 4th of July, weekend, we come together. And there are two, three in our group where the kids and, they, you know, the kids were two and four then and now they are, you know, 22 or 25 and, you know, big kids. But the kids count on us, the two, three of us. And, you know, I'm definitely one of the probably the leader expect to put an outdoor trip. I love right. It. It's like it's expected that if you're there for three days, what are we going to be doing? And we've uh, we did stuff near Northern Michigan once, um, St. Louis. We and it's so simple, right? Once you know the basics, that hey, it's not about the complication. It's those are the foundation that you know you and I talked about earlier today. Was like, hey, keep it basic, make it accessible so that everybody enjoys it, um, and, and just set it up. And once you're outdoor, everyone will be fine. And uh, you know. That's what would happen. Even people who didn't want to join initially would want to, you know, do something else. Everyone comes. Mm. So I've, that's happening today. That is so. so cool. That is so cool. So all those years of leading trips, they, yep. you know, starting out at UT, they, it, it just has blossomed into something that you do, you know, every year and have been doing for multiple years. And that's, man, that's what it's all about. I mean, it really is. You know, the hope is always, you know, provide something that allows a little bit of a release, but at the same time, make it a lifestyle. And, right. you know, we're not expecting everybody to be out, you know, being on the cover of outside magazine, you know, climbing, you know, K2 or whatever it is. But I mean, just making it a part of your, your everyday, um, or excuse me, maybe not every day, but your life in general, when, you know, when you can, which leads mm -hmm. me to, uh, 
one of the things that we always like to cover, um, and it, it has seemed to organically happen, but we always sort of talk about how the outdoors and how nature um, aids and helps us, you know, our mental health and well-being. Obviously, the, the physical health and well-being, too, just because you're outdoors and you're moving, but just the, the mental aspect of it mm-hmm. and just what it does for our minds and puts us at rest. Um, how do you think that's helped you in, you know, maybe as a student, but over the years, even in your life? Yeah, it, it's very um, strange, but it is true that no matter how stressed you are, no matter where you are, no matter what problems you have, I've found that the minute you go outside, get into some natural surroundings, the earth has a, I don't know how it happens, has a way to heal you. Mm. It's just there. You know, somehow the tension goes away, somehow the focus shifts, somehow uh, you connect uh, and, and you, you know, you become more positive. And I think the key difference is, uh, I, I think I just found the word for it, being with nature helps with positivity. Mm. That's good. And that's really what it is. That's really what it is. Because, and maybe, and I'm being kind of, you know, spiritual here is mainly because maybe the earth has healed itself over the millions of years over and over again, right? Yeah. <laughs> that when we connect with it, it helps us heal. And, you know, being for me, being on, on the water, uh, I just call it, you know, from it's a scientific world of, you know, as energy, you keep go to higher energy levels, you need to come down to energy level zero, and that grounds you. And I found that always refreshing and relaxing. Uh, just being outside walking. And the the challenge that I found is that me and my wife, we just hate gyms. Mm. We can't stand gyms. <laughs> so we have <laughs> we live in winter we live in winter land. So we find it difficult because we still have to use this, you know, the machines here and there over the winter. You know, we've tried some cross-country skiing, etc. Uh, but uh, the uh, Otherwise, we are always exercising outside. Uh, talking about trying new things and not giving up was in Tennessee, of course, there was not much skiing. And as soon as I came back from Asia, my kids were already you know, in their early teens. I knew I had to get them skiing because if they grow up and they don't know how to ski and live in the Northeast, it's a bad, you know, it's not very good. <laughs> so we got them lessons here. They learned. And then last two, three years, I've been able to take them up to Whistler in Canada. Oh, Even wow. I, even I learned, I, you know, I, I, you know, much older and, you know, I barely skied, but I get onto those beginner uh, lessons and adult lessons and, you know, Whistler is a great place. I was able to, now I can, I can ski. So I learned that in the last three years. That is so, awesome. Yashdeep, you've said this a couple of times and even on the phone a couple of days ago when we were talking, you talked about ground zero. So you just, you just related that to science and, mm-hmm. um, can you say more about what you just did a moment ago about the energy? Yeah. Yeah. Say more about that. Yeah. So let me, so what happens and this is again scientific is when electrons, <laughs> uh, what happens to your energy level when you get excited, you're actually an energy moves to a higher and higher intensity state. And that means your mind's working fast and uh, you know, you're in a hyper energy state and that's why it's called hyper energy, which is higher energy. 
the same thing is true with atoms. When you, you know, when you heat something, a piece of metal, what happens is the electron, which is in a, what they call it the energy level X, goes to a higher energy level when it becomes hot and it starts moving faster, right? So that's what it's, it's called higher energy. And typically what happens in the cause for stress is we stay in higher energy states for a long time. We never get a chance to come to a lower energy state. Hmm. And each individual has to find a way to come to a lower energy state. What is being promoted around the world today is, you know, one way which is called meditation, which is to get to a lower energy state. What I found over uh, my life is that being outdoors helps me get to a lower energy state. And even though I may not know the rigors of meditation and, and things, it's the same thing. Mm. It brings you to a lower energy state. It brings you to, and I, I realize now when you say the word, you know, the ground zero has so many different meanings, but what I meant was, is energy zero state which is a calming place, which is a meditative Yeah, state. and you know what, you probably, thanks for correcting me, because I think you did say, um, you, you, I, I said ground zero, I don't think you did, so it's it's energy zero, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, zero energy Zero level. energy. Yeah. Not zero energy level, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's it's your base energy state. You know, it's a base state. Man, I love it. There is a, get, there is a book that I'm reading right now, my daughter, actually had this author come speak to her class when she was in, I think her senior year in an elective class at Western Carolina university, but it's called the nature fix. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I haven't read enough of it to be able to speak educatedly about it. Um, but one of the, the things that's a central theme of the book is that being in the outdoors has the effect, the ability to do, um, what you just said, just sort of bring us to that state where we are not heightened anymore. The fight or flight doesn't, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not existing in our body. And we are at a place where we can sort of begin to sort of decompress and, 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 and relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great book. It's yeah. so far, I've enjoyed everything that I've read about it. And it starts out in, um, uh, also in, I think it's Eurasia, where they they take people into these pine forests, and it's the um, the turpins, the huh. smells, it's uh, just being having you know that visual of the outdoors, and they're measuring is it uh, is it cortisol levels? What, what is the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah? So yeah, they're measuring levels, all yeah. of this, yeah, and they're finding that it really right. in in a period of time you get to the state that you're talking about. And also when you decompress or walk away from electronics and having all of the, the effects of electronics on us, once you, they're saying it takes about three days in the outdoors for you to really kind of come down from that, you know, electronic high, if you will, to get to a point where you're, you're at, you know, energy zero. Yeah. The example I give you is just more recently, um, so we have lockdowns going on here uh, in um, in the United States, um, but the lockdown is still allows you to go outside. Um, India went through a three or it was actually six weeks of what is called an intense lockdown, where people were in their apartment complexes or homes and were not expected to step outside, even to walk in communities. Mm. 
and uh, they, they, you know they would do some activity etc but you're not supposed to be outside so we had a little call of about 16 of my colleagues and we were saying okay what's in your bucket list what do you want to do right and these are people who have now been in lockdown for five weeks yeah everyone had a desire it was not that they wanted to go get their favorite ice cream or go to their favorite restaurant or you know go see a family member etc those were there but the primary output that came from everyone was i just want to go somewhere you know in the jungle in the forest or you know by a stream or in the mountains i want to go there mm. this was i was observing that and i was like wait a minute there's a theme here that now that people have been locked down for so long and you ask them, you were just playing a game saying, okay, you know, what's in your big bucket list and what makes it to the top after this? And the desire was being outdoors. So that's a little experiment just to validate exactly what you're saying, that mm. the core, you know, human being wants to be outside. Mm. Yeah, I know it's true for me. <laughs> and I know it's true for you. And uh, the more oh, time. Oh, yeah. I... Yeah, I <laughs> we mean... went and bought a fishing rod yesterday. <laughs> so... Did you really? Yeah, so what happened was, you now we are here and I'm saying we've got to do something uh, because of manufacturing being, uh, you know, our distribution being messed up. You cannot buy a basic entry level or, you know, mid, you know early mid-range level fishing rods uh, on a retail store online right now. So I went to a specialty store and my son, the older son, was, he came along with me and said, let's go. And he said, well, why are we going to the specialty store? Why can't you just go to Dick's Sporting Goods or, you know, so many other places? I said, no, it's always good to go to these stores because even at, you'll get knowledge. Yes. Right. And you get knowledge and you'll also, even at the basic stuff, there is always higher quality than there. So we went along and I'd called and said, do you have a, a basic uh, fishing rod? They said, yeah, come. When I reached, they said, oh, everything is sold out. I was like, I was disappointed. And so we walked around, he showed me a few things and I took my old, these were these early, you know, really old fishing rods that I'd bought, you know, driving by one time eight years ago <laughs> and I've used over the time and I'd just taken them with me to show it to him and, you know, that at least he knows where we were and what we need to get to <laughs> to make it easy for him. Right. Uh, and he looked at them and the guy said, oh, well, okay, there's nothing in the store that he could sell us. So I said, well, can you get me a new reel on this? And he looked at it. He says, you know what, I'll just replace the string and it'll be a brand new rod. Hmm. And the store is busy. And that's what he did. Oh, he, wow. He replaced the string on, and these are $20 rods, by the way. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> this is like the ugly, ugly stick. This is the ugly stick and stuff like that. I bought them when my kids were like 8 and 12, right? <laughs> I was driving in Michigan one summer afternoon. <laughs> I mean, let's go fishing. I pulled over, bought two rods, and we fished that afternoon. And those have, you know, stayed with us. And, okay. uh, but the, the experience that I think my older son saw was a, specialists help you know these people who are truly passionate about their sport you know the fishing guys an older gentleman he was busy you know the amount of time he probably took to get these rods done he could have just said sorry goodbye but he knew if he didn't do that we will probably not go fishing for the next three four weeks because there's nothing mm -hmm. right so he truly cared that gentleman and he did it for us because that increased the motivation. So I really have a lot of respect for these small speciality outdoor stores that are trying to contribute and do things. So. Mm -hmm. No, that's fantastic.
Well, Yashdeep, it is hard for me to believe that we have uh, we've been able to take this trip down memory lane, and it's already almost close to an hour here. Um, it is, man. I am so grateful that you called. Uh, I have you have allowed me to take a take a trip down memory lane to remember the great things, to remember the reasons why we did what we did at University of Tennessee, and that it warms my heart to know that you know all these years later that it affected somebody like yourself, but I really appreciate you taking the time even to reach out to me after, you know, 25 years or so to let me know, because, um, I, I love that you're carrying on the passion and instilling it in your family. And again, they're going to carry this thing on too. And plus you're just, you know, <laughs> you're always one of my favorite students, Josh Deep. I tell you, man, you just kept us laughing. You kept us laughing hysterically. It was always fun to be around you. Mike, thank you. They say teachers make an impact to people's lives, and that's what teachers do. Mm. And uh, that's what you did. You know, you were in the school of, you know, science and medicine and technology and professionals, as you described it. But you were really a teacher of life. And I was always wanting to, you know, when you grow up, you start doing things in life. First 10, 15 years go by, and then you get a chance to reflect. So the last two, three years I've been thinking about you and I was like, you know, I've got to find a way to connect with Mike. He made such an impact there. And so, you know, I can, there's, you know, thank you. You never say thank you to teachers, but, you know, uh, teachers make such an impact that it's important to say thank you and be grateful. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, I hope I can make that impact to somebody else. You know, sometimes we have no idea what the lasting impact our words and actions can have on someone, which is why it's so important for all of us to make the most of every interaction with other people. You also never really know the full impact outdoor adventures can have on someone either. I believe, like many of you who enjoy this podcast, that spending time in the outdoors is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves. You don't have to run the most dangerous rapids, bike the steepest drops, or hike the entire AT to fall in love with the outdoors and reap its many benefits. My time at UT Memphis Health Science Center was some of the most memorable times of my life, and students like Yashdeep are the reason for that. I'm so glad to hear his experience with our outdoor program had such a profound impact on him, and 25 years later continues to have a positive impact on his family. Well, thanks for listening in this week as I took a stroll down memory lane and was reminded why I love introducing people to the outdoors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to check back with us next week for another episode of Exploration Local. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.